Josh, you sound super tired. I am super tired. I got unreasonably drunk yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. While y'all were uh, up in Helen? Uh, yeah, but it didn't like hit me until we got home mm. last night. So like it was like fucking nine o'clock and I was like passing the fuck out. Sweet and normal night for me. Yeah. Yeah, but yours usually don't involve getting drunk. Not anymore. Hmm. Was it a fun trip though? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Cool. I've only ever been to Helen once. I didn't like it too much. It was too hot. Oh. oh my god <laughs> it was too hot being out in like nature and stuff it was awful when, when, oh. I'm kidding I'm go? not that bad mm. oh dude it's been like probably 10 years I know what month 10 years yeah, it's probably been like 10 years easy so you were like 13 mm-hmm. you have not been north <laughs> Of Gainesville for thir- for 10 years? Well, I guess you went to Chicago. That doesn't count. What I mean is in Georgia, you've not been above Gainesville for 10 years? No. <laughs> no. Well, that's our show, everyone. <laughs> I am so astounded. I, yeah, I just no. went up there today. I, uh, me, me and Madison went to Tennessee at the beginning of 2018. And that was the first time I've been out of state since seventh grade. What part of Tennessee? And don't you say Chattanooga or Gatlinburg? Mm. Nashville. Oh, okay. I don't know why it took me so long to think about that, but yeah, Nashville. I can't even fathom, dude. I'm going to have to come and like put a collar on you and grab a leash so we can go walking in the mountains. That is unfathomable to me. <laughs> you need to watch the sentence as you say, sir, because I'm like half <laughs> I enjoy hearing that. That's a little too much. <sighs> Just kidding. Get Matt. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Dude, I make I make jokes like that all the time at work, and like all my all my coworkers think I have like a fucking BDSM gimp fetish, and I was like, I promise I don't. But if you <laughs> you want to find <laughs> out for sure, <laughs> oh, that's crazy, man! Like I literally go up there as frequently as possible. It's fucking beautiful. Like I just went up to Lake Unicoi today, and I was you know doing the f word, and then the whole perimeter around the lake was just nothing but color changing leaves and it was amazing doing the f word you were fucking on the lake no fishing oh the worst f word i got it yeah i get yeah i don't i try not to say that on this podcast anymore well i'm gonna make you say it tonight my lot. <laughs> that's my safe word <laughs> Your safe word is like yellowtail bass or some shit. <laughs> yellowtail bass. That was a saltwater fish with a freshwater <laughs> fish. <laughs> oh, God. Look, man, I hate nature. Do you think I know shit about fish? <laughs> no, not anymore. Not even slightly. Oh, God. All right. Um. Well. Are you guys ready to get started? Oh, yeah. I do, I do be ready. I do be ready. 
God. Sorry, I had a stretch. Oh, we need to clap for Dylan so he doesn't lose his mind. All right. Three, two, one. Bam. I was ready to smack that ass. Smack that ass. Oh, you were just saying all kinds of horny sentences tonight. <laughs> horny tonight. What's going on, Dylan? Some later. Dude, I don't know. I I just this is maybe that's what you know going and connecting with nature does. I just I get primal. Super loud? Hell yeah. No, it was just like you before this whole thing started, you were completely like <clears throat> low and chill and <laughs> you yeah. just launched into that. Man, I gotta I gotta do my hosting thing. It's like you just slammed a fucking bang. Bang! What <laughs> what is that fucking Trevor Lawrence or whatever the hell? Trevor Wallace. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Bang. Or whatever. I don't know. Anyway. He's so Welcome funny, to Hunting dude. Pixels, the official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We have a terrific show for you today. It is Halloween. Or at least, you know, when you'll be hearing this, it should be the day before Halloween. But, you know, whatever. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a jam-packed spook fest of a show for you today. We've got a great Halloween-themed topic for you. And on top of that, we're going to talk a little bit more about some horror films that Josh has been watching. Dylan and Austin have been working on some new content, and we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about what we've been playing and give you something to look at with our picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the Crypt Keeper, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two <laughs> hosts, the returning Dylan, Haunts of Fear, Martin, and Austin, Vault of Horror, Stevens. How's it going, buddies? What's up, Bill? It feels great to be back. You know, I'm back in the saddle. You had one job, Josh, and you fucked up already. Really? Did I say haunting pixels? No, but no, that's but the thing. Should've. I feel like you should have said haunting yeah. pixels. <laughs> the one time, the one time you're supposed to say it, you mess up. Come on, man. Get, I don't get it know what I'm doing. I'm just playing. It was great. Uh, you did a good job. It was great. You, you cracked me up with your uh, Sparta. <laughs> Sparta. Uh, Shout. Thing. Shout. Yes, thank you. Okay. I was reading what you were typing and I was confused. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, if we, if we want to, like, get right into it, the thing that I was typing was I... Li so, listen. <sighs> I got through 24 days without faltering. And yesterday, because of my drunkenness, I faltered. And oh, my fucking horror movie yesterday. Isn't that what always happens when you're drunk? So, you mess up. Then, to be fair, I started watching it. So, I, I mean, I guess I could technically count it, but I didn't get all the way through with it. So, <clears> damn, dude, that sucks. What did you start to watch? Uh, we started watching. So, we actually, uh, the, the movie for yesterday was The Lighthouse, which is what I initially had on here. But, Kayla didn't want to watch that because she thought it was more of a like a drama or like a not a like real horror movie or whatever. Yeah. And uh, her cousin Camry was over last night and was like, 
well, we should probably do something that's like a closer to a real horror movie. And I had told her earlier, she doesn't really like Rob Zombie, but like I had told her earlier in the month that we had House of a Thousand Corpses on the docket. But I was like, what we could do instead is we could move that up and watch The Lighthouse on the day that we're supposed to watch House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. Well, she decided that she didn't want to watch that but, uh, for whatever reason. So we switched it out for another movie called Lords of Salem, which is another Rob Zombie movie. Anyway, that was the one we were watching last night. And uh, I got like about 30, 35 minutes in and then I just like passed the fuck out. So, yep. So, fuck me. Another year wasted. <laughs> <laughs> This was the year that I fucking was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I got so far because most of the time I'm either you were out close. like the first week or like the second week. But this, I was like fucking days away from having it complete. <sighs> but that it sucks, is. dude. Yeah. So, with that said, the thing that I wrote was Trained to Busan, which is a little Korean uh, ditty. We watched um, the day before yesterday. It's also yeah. a map on Overwatch. Busan? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. It's pretty cool. So, Train to Busan is a South Korean zombie movie that, uh, for my money, is top three or five, somewhere in that range. I wouldn't put it any higher than like one or two, but it's definitely one of the like top five best zombie movies I've ever seen. Can I just real quick? And I I just need one answer. What is your number one zombie movie? My number one zombie movie is Dawn of the dead. Okay. Okay. I'm not even going to go further. I just wanted to know what number one was. Yeah. Well, uh, the 70, what the hell is the year that it came out? It's 70. Oh, fuck. Well, it, I don't even one, know either. It's the one from the seventies. God damn it! Right, that, that's gonna bother me. Um, <laughs> 70, I ruined everything. Okay, yeah, seventy-eight. I I wanted to say seventy-eight, but I wasn't like a thousand percent sure, and I didn't want to like seem like a fucking moron. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, Train to Busan is like I said, it's the uh, Korean movie, and it. Basically, all takes place on a train. Um, there are like little sequences that don't happen on the train or whatever, but it's got a really, really nice and powerful story about like basically the zombies. I feel like are like a stand-in for uh, like I, I don't want to say corporatism, but like basically you become a zombie. Like the the I think the point that the movie is trying to make is that like you become a zombie by like shutting everyone out and focusing purely on work like you like if that's all you do you're you're in essence a zombie if that makes sense i feel that too hard and uh yeah it's got some great performances it's got the the kid from parasite in it um and uh it made me cry at the end um Oh. oh shit yeah so uh i had seen it when it first came out but like I, I don't know what it was. I, I didn't remember it all that well when we were watching it last night. Or n- not last night, but the night before. And, um, yeah, I really, really fucking loved it. So, 
Nice. That's cool. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It it's great. Uh, there's supposed to be a um, sequel that came out this year. I don't know if it's actually out yet or not, but um, yeah. So the both of you have been doing content creation. It says Austin. Why don't you tell me what you have been doing, sir? Yeah. So <clears throat> started a let's play of Hacker's Memory. In the first episode, went up really late Saturday night. Um. I'd like to say I'm going to do one tonight, but I'm going to be honest. That's probably not going to happen. I'm very sleepy. Um, yeah. Maybe tomorrow. But uh, it's it, it was... I don't remember the intro of that game taking so long. <laughs> I, did, I was not trying to do a 40, 45-minute video, but I think, I think it turned into like 41 and a half minutes or something, which is an odd number that pisses me off. Mm. Um. But yeah, hopefully by this weekend I'll have I'll have at least two more episodes. That's kind of the plan. Um, if I remember correctly, Hacker's Memory is not as long as the first Cyber Sleuth, so story wise, it should only realistically take me like fifteen hours tops, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's probably just going to be a lot of off screen grinding since I'm already at four hundred and twenty hours. So, <laughs> see if I can double that with Hacker's Memory. <clears throat> if I do, I'm going to be really impressed, but also extremely disappointed. <laughs> the <laughs> I fact would that be I'm disappointed for time. you. Um, I I have plans for a couple other things. I kind of want to start a uh, a Xenoblade let's play, just because I don't I haven't really seen too many of those floating around on the internet. So I thought that would be pretty cool to try. Sure. And then. Uh, I don't know. I keep telling myself I want to do Pokemon, and then the more I think about it, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just feel like that's that's like... I feel like Pokemon is that genre that when people think Let's Play, that's what they think of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a bad thing. I mean, no, it's not, but I feel like there's such an oversaturation of it that I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> And now Dylan's going to talk about his Pokemon. Let's go. <laughs> I was about yeah. to say, that's a great segue. So let's talk about it. Uh, first, yours is great. <clears throat> I'm, I'm enjoying it. I do, I do thank you. But first, I have to make a public statement and apology. Um, last night, Austin and I recorded a one-hour episode uh, for the YouTube. And it was my sole responsibility to record it. We were going to share it between both channels. But... I forgot that I had my desktop audio turned down, so Austin sounded like a faint echo in the background, and we will not be releasing that episode. And I wasted an hour of his time. And I feel terrible. (laughs) Sad day. It was sad, but you know what? It was very sad. There's always again. There's always next time. But it was a lot of fun. But other than that, I have uh, added to the oversaturation of Pokemon, and I have done 13 episodes or parts of my Pokemon Shield Let's Play, which is super fun. It's going to have like 100 parts by the end of it because I'm not even to the fourth. No, I just beat the fourth gym. So, yeah, but that's not even uploaded. Like I'm ahead. Like I have videos just on save like that. I haven't even (laughs) put up yet. Um, But other than that, we jumped into the Crown Tundra DLC. (laughs) Yeah, they're just ready. I have it with the same way with the Crown Tundra DLC. Uh, so I have four parts of the new Crown Tundra DLC put up, which is doing better than my normal Let's Play. I did find a shiny on a video recording. Like I was 
I was recording and then I, I noticed that I had to literally run all the way back to somewhere that I just came from. So I was like, you know what, guys, I'm just going to cut the video and then I'll just re I'll start playing again when we get to the destination. Um, but thank Christ, I kept the video recording and then halfway along the route, a shiny just pops up and it blew my fucking mind. I could not believe it. So that was cool to have. Yeah, it was cool to have on on video. I I never had that happen. I was hoping it would eventually, and it most certainly did. Uh, but content crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> it is recorded. It is up. Flex on me even harder. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's up. It's part four. It's my most recent video. Um, it's just been a lot of fun putting out everything that I possibly can. I think I said it in the last podcast that. I was here on it. Just it's the one thing that I can look forward to, and I can be happy, be merry, and have a good time. Tight, nice, cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, um, the next thing I want to talk about is a little movie called The Love Witch. Oh man, where to start? So, uh. I tend to want to keep things here as positive as possible. Like I, I really want to talk about things that I like because I, I feel like there's just enough, enough negativity in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, but I want to talk about a movie that I did not like with the love, Witch, <laughs> strictly because I remember uh, researching it, I think, or like looking up like like best horror movie list and shit like that. Cause I, I do that pretty often. Like, yeah. Hmm, what's the best horror movies of this year and, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so I remember seeing the love, Witch on several lists from like 2016 and it, it made it onto a couple of like best of the decade lists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is, this has got to be good. And so we started watching it and, I'll give the movie this. It has an aesthetic that is very clearly like 1970s, 1960s inspired. Like the, the way that they lit everything and the way that they colored everything looks like it's straight out of the fucking like, uh, stereoscopic, like fucking, um, uh, I, I forget the name of the coloring that they used to used to use back then, but whatever, it looks like that. And oh, that's the pretty score, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought that that was really cool. So like I was in it for the first like probably ten or fifteen minutes of the movie, <laughs> maybe even like a little bit longer because I really thought that the aesthetic was great, and yeah. like the music sounds like it's from that time period as well. So like I was like, oh, okay, cool, and then. The acting is very 70s also. Like, there's a lot of, like, uh, I I, I don't want to say awkward, but, like, I think the acting is good because they're trying to to replicate what was done back then. So, like, acting back then would have been, like, awkward and wooden. You know what I mean? The problem is that... I understand what the movie is trying to say and it's trying to say that like, uh, it it gets to a point where it's saying stuff about like, uh, 
you know, women being subservient to men is basically the equivalent of brainwashing and that you've got to break out of that and stuff like that. Because the whole thing about the main character is that she she wants love and she wants to be loved and, you know, whatever. So in order to do so, she becomes a witch, the, the quote unquote love witch. And by doing so, like when she goes, when she joins the, the, uh, coven. Yeah, that's the word. When mm-hmm. she joins the coven, they basically tell her that the way to get love is to be subservient to men and like all this stuff. And then like she does that. And she gets these men kind of, like, in bed with her. And then, like, the thing is, like, then they all die. Oh. oh. Yeah. And and so, like, the point of the movie, which I think is good, is, like, you won't find true love by being subservient to men. You won't find, like, the way that you find true love is by loving yourself sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, being a strong, independent woman. And, like, I think that's a good message, right? But... The execution on the idea is bad, like really, really fucking bad. There are parts in this movie where I was literally saying out loud, what the fuck is going on? Like (laughs) she starts dating the detective who's supposed to be like solving the mystery of the first man that she killed or whatever. Like he's trying to solve that case. And then, so he goes to question her and then they start dating like the day afterwards. Like, Oh God, what? And then, so like on their first date, which is like the day after he goes to question her, they meet in a fucking carnival or like, well, they don't meet in a carnival. They meet on and go like horseback riding or whatever. And they happen upon this fucking like medieval carnival type bullshit where they get fake married. And the entire time I was like, what is fucking happening like i was so baffled by what was going on and then like there are weird things that like just to me like thematically didn't make sense like one of the uh the guys that she dates and he ends up killing himself uh well i guess she doesn't really date him she just kind of fucks him but whatever so he was actually married to the woman who was like renting her apartment out to her. And then, so the woman comes up to her room to give her something that she had like left at lunch and then starts snooping around in the bedroom and like puts on a wig that the main girl wears and then starts putting on her lingerie. And I was like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> Like the whole point is, is that like this woman is, it is the exact opposite of what you are. And now you're trying to be her. Like, I'm not sure that that what you're saying is what you're trying to say. And uh, just overall, I really disliked it a lot. And it sucks because I really think that the message behind it was, was a good message. And I really liked the aesthetics for like a solid I don't know, like I said, 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes. But then it became grating, and I just didn't want to watch it anymore, and I had to power through it because I was like, I'm not fucking starting another movie. (laughs) So, yeah, don't go see The Love Witch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Austin, why don't you tell me about something that is good? Why don't you tell me about (laughs) Ghost in the Shell? (laughs) 
no. That was that was sarcasm, wasn't it? No, I, <laughs> I was telling you earlier that I genuinely like fucking uh, Ghost in the Shell. Why why would that be sarcasm? Because I, I didn't know if you were trying to refer to the movie that you have a terribly wrong opinion on. Uh, wait, hang on. Are you talking about the fucking the movie? The, the live action movie. Oh god! But I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm kind of just talking about the franchise as a whole. Not really that. Uh, all right, but. I guess. <laughs> that begrudging. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I really don't. I maybe it's because you're a cinephile and you overanalyze the fuck out of it more <laughs> than you were supposed to. Um, I don't think the movie was that bad. I definitely don't think it was a terrible movie. <laughs> I like uh, continue, continue. But, I'm, I'm, but anyway, I'm I'm I've always been a huge fan of Ghost in the Shell. I literally grew up like staying up at night watching uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex on uh, Adult Swim. So uh, like I don't know. Movie aside, it's a great fucking series, and I've started to kind of dive back into it. Um, they have a bunch of stuff. On, they they have two series on Netflix. One of them is like this weird CGI like animated series, and it's like thirteen episodes. I watched a trailer for it and think it looks think the story looks good and the voice acting is good, but I think the character models look like actual garbage. So I'm probably not going to watch that. But I started watching the movies, the the animated movies that they have on Netflix, and uh, they've been really good so far. Really pulling me back into it. There, it's, it's like, like a, a name. it's I've like a soft reboot show. of the original like story. But is this the show that like there's a lady jumping off a building or something and like the like I don't know I don't know yes is, is it like a okay like yeah it's I, like so think cyberpunk and like kind of the same thing because that's pretty much what it is. Oh, well, then I would probably like it. I don't know why I haven't. That's what I was saying. Yeah, you probably would. Um, it it focuses around. This woman whose name I'm drawing a complete fucking blank on right now because I just kind of refer to her as the major because that's what everybody fucking calls her. But she has an actual name that I can't bother to remember. What's Um, like the fight? (laughs) What's the fight that they're like? What's the premise? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? Dude, it's like it's like an anti-terrorism kind of thing. It's like an anti-terrorism task force, pretty much from what I remember. Um. But basically, oh. the the whole point of the of the show is she's in this. It's basically her brain in a complete cyborg body, um, and come to find out, like that, the what, what she was told, the reason why she has a cybernetic body is not actually why she was actually just kidnapped as a child and had her fucking brain ripped out. Um, in oh. certain continuities, it's kind of different. They've rebooted the show a couple of times, and they kind of tend to t- talk about it a little bit differently every time for some fucking reason but because that that's that's the what the whole meaning of the name alludes to is ghost in the shell like she feels like a ghost in the shell that she doesn't belong in and it's good it's a really good show i don't know i like uh, cyberpunk stuff i like uh, in terms of you know i like uh, alita battle angel then i like uh altered carbon stuff like that Mm -hmm. um from what i remember she's really the only character like that the rest of them are mostly human with like cybernetic augmentations yeah like uh, this was the movie that scarlett johansson did yes yeah oh yeah it was a that was that was a live action adaptation of the series right okay that uh very good shut up it's great you just (laughs) overanalyzed it 
also mm. you also said that you really didn't like anything past the first movie from 95 anyway correct yeah uh i need to watch standalone complex again but yeah I'm, I, I really like standalone complex yeah i i don't know i like yeah i just need to i need to watch some of it again mm-hmm. i don't remember liking it very much yeah but i was also like fucking i don't know goddamn like which is weird to me because that that show like definitely is what I would think of would be like right up your fucking alley in anime. Yeah, that's I'll weird to, to me. It, uh, give it another shot. the The series that's on Netflix um, that I've been I, I watched I watched the first part today, and I'm probably going to watch the other two later uh, after after this. Um, the fight choreography has a very like. Um, it has a very like cowboy bebop and like samurai shampoo kind of feel to it. Mm, okay. And I think that's why I appreciate Cause I, I watch a lot of fucking crazy anime. So it's like, it's kind of cool to see something that's not like a giant robot shooting shit or like somebody using like magic or some other, like otherworldly ability. Mm. So it's kind of cool to just see firearms and hand to hand combat every once yeah. in a while. It's, it's refreshing <clears throat> from what I normally watch. But yeah, Deb do be it. Awesome. Uh, well, speaking of good things, uh, Dylan, why don't you tell us about how you're rewatching The Office? So it is a good thing. Oh, no. great thing. All right. First off, fuck you. Second off, <laughs> at the end of this year, <laughs> The Office is leaving Netflix. Good. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's sad. So what do you mean good? For, no, fuck you. I'm not even saying <laughs> I fucking uh, hate that show. Do you really? Yeah, I hate dry humor. You're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a theme for him. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's leaving at the end of the year, which super sucks. So I'm trying to get in one last rewatch of it before I have to buy this the set on you know DVD because they don't have it on Blu-ray, and that fucks with my collector in me because I only do that's, Blu-ray or 4K. That's odd. It sucks. Um, and it's going to Peacock, which is NBC's, you know, free streaming service. So I could still watch it on there, but apparently it has ads. And the whole reason I do streaming services is so I don't have to watch ads. Yeah. Um, it's fucking fair. terrible. Yeah. Uh, one thing that could be kind of cool about that is you get like with, with ads, you potentially get the, the feeling of the way you would have watched it back in like mm-hmm. 2004 when it first came out. It just kills me when I'm trying to binge the show uh, and then I have to yeah, yeah that's about, fair. Uh, so um, to be fair to the show I think the reason why I don't like it is because I've never gone out of my way to watch it on my own it's always been somebody physically trying to force me to watch it like I'm hanging out with them they're like bro this shit is so fucking funny and I think that's why I don't like it I feel as that stupid as that fucking sounds I think that's a reason that a bunch of people uh, ended up not liking is just so many people being like, Oh, if you don't like this, you're fucking stupid. That's what was put on me. I have a really good friend at work who was like, this is the funniest show ever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I don't know. I can't get into it. I really like parks and rec, but I just Mm -hmm. can't watch the office. And then he was like, we'll just give it another chance. And then eventually I caved. I tried multiple times. And finally, I just sat down. I was like, let's fucking do it. And yeah. admittedly, it's what everyone says. The first season is kind of like it's super cringe in a in a weird way. But as you start to watch it, yeah, it starts to make more sense. Like that's kind of the whole premise in a way. Mm-hmm. And then season two onwards is just fantastic. Um, 
And then like once you start rewatching, like because you're not just going to watch The Office one time if you like it, you're going to rewatch it over and over and over again. Um, and that's once you go back and you rewatch that first season, you're like, oh, this is where it starts. And you, you're still cracking up because now you understand the show a little better. You understand that's kind of where it was coming from in the first place was that whole cringe. I guess, like you said, dry humor type of thing. But mm-hmm. it's, it's it's one of the only things I can sit down and consistently watch. And you guys know me. If it's not on a Twitch stream or a YouTube video, I can't fucking sit down and make myself watch it. I don't know what my yeah. issue is. The fact that I watched Halloween, the the 1970s version, um, at some point this month is astounding to me. <laughs> I, I was very proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. And then... I still have 2018 sitting over there on the shelf because I haven't watched it yet, but probably watch it at some point before the month is over. If I can it's like maybe next Halloween or the one after dude, you're not even joking because that has crossed my mind. It's hilarious that you say that. Cause I've honestly thought, eh, this could just be cool next year. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's like, I, well, we were playing last night and we were talking about detective Pikachu and it's like, I kind of want to watch that again. I just have to be in the mood to watch it. Um, I'm the same way. That's fair. Yeah. So, but I'm always in the mood for The Office, so that's why I'm rewatching it before it dissipates into nothing. And it's on the stupid Peacock channel. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my buddy that tried to force me to watch The Office, he he gets furious with me over the fact that I don't like The Office, but I think the whitest kids you know is fucking hilarious. And he was like, "It's just as fucking bad, and it's just as dry." And you think that's funny? I don't even like, know what yeah, that is. Actually, the whitest kid you know is fucking hilarious i fucking love that show dude it's like a sketch comedy show with these like fucking um saltine cracker fucking white dudes have you ever seen uh miss march no no okay well it's from the same guys who did the whitest kid you know oh bro i have to watch that then yeah it's good the fucking i at least once a month i go back and i watch the baked beans skip from the whitest kids you know because i think that shit is fucking hilarious dude He's just like laying, fucking Timmy's just laying on a bed in lingerie, pouring it's beans so on his fucking weird. <laughs> I understand none of this. It's just the so cat funny. hunting skit is maybe my <laughs> favorite one. That one cracks me so hard every time. Yeah, the fucking oh God, and any 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 of them where Trevor does like a musical number is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, Trevor's the best. <laughs> <laughs> the he did like a he did like a rap song once about like getting high with dinosaurs and it was the greatest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought that shit was so fucking funny. But it, yeah, it is just as dry as the office and it does get pretty fucking cringy, but I feel like that's kind of the point. Yeah. But maybe one day I'll sit down and I'll watch the office on my own. Maybe then I'll find it funny. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll I have terrible taste, so Oh, you do have terrible time. <laughs> Except for when it comes to Evangelion. Um, that is true. Evangelion. So what? what is Anima? So Evan, Evangelion Anima is a book series, not a manga, oh. just an actual novel. Yeah, that's right. I fucking read sometimes. I don't do it a lot, but I, I do it. you do. Not very often. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. This is probably the first actual book that I've read since high school. Oh, shit. Yeah, dead ass. This is the first book I've read since high school. Um, but it takes place three years after. And even that, dude, I'm, I'm, I was going to say something else, but now I'm kind of going back to it. I can't even remember what the last fucking actual book I read was. 
because I know That's I didn't do any of the shit. I know I didn't do any of the shit they that we were supposed to do for school. I know I didn't do that. <laughs> I dropped out. There's no way I did any of that. Because <laughs> I remember, I remember being required to read Lord of the Flies, and I read like the first chapter, and I was like, "Yeah, this fucking sucks. I'm not going to read any more of that." Yeah, it's over. But um. Yeah, it's a it's a book series that takes place three years after the uh, the anime, um, but it's kind of like a what if scenario. It's like what if the last two episodes of the anime never happened, and how the series would have changed from then on. Like Shinji's like seventeen, Shinji and Asuka are like seventeen, eighteen. Um, there's more clones of Ray, and they kind of went berserk and are now like like worldwide terrorists that do all kinds of really fucked up shit. Um, there's not really any angels anymore. They still have the Avas just in case of the angels, but now there are terrorists that like also kind of have Avas, which is fucking weird. Um, but it's this is the first piece of Evangelion media that I'm gonna say is like okay, it's not. Great. Oh, yeah, that's like the most okay thing that I've ever read. But well, that's it, unfortunate. It's okay. It's it's all right. You know what books I did remember reading from high school that I enjoyed. None of them. And if y'all know what this book series is, you're going to think this is the cringiest thing you've ever heard. Oh, Christ. The Vladimir Todd books were fire. I have no idea what that even is. Really? Never heard of it. What? Oh, bro. It was like Twilight, but better. It was a vampire thing. Oh, okay. And I enjoyed it. It was more like... um, It was more like... I don't know. Fuck, dude. I guess it kind of was like Twilight, but it was more like... Marketed towards guys, I guess is the best way to describe that. Oh, but it was good. Mm. And that's the last book that I remember reading, and that's really fucking bad. I'm stupid. <laughs> like, how can I tell my make sure my kids read a book when they're in school if I'm like, well, shit, I haven't fucking read one in like 10, 15 years. You got to jump on it. I do. I, I want to read more. I just, God, that's so much time that I don't have. <laughs> Like why would you I have do it? You just direct it to other things. Yeah, but why why would I read a book when I could play the Final Fantasy VII remake? Why would I do that? Uh, why would I read the book when I could watch the movie in two hours? Oh, wow. Don't, okay. I'm wow. Ending it there because God damn is that wrong? I know. Right. No, I I know. Trust me. I I read all the Percy Jackson books and I know how wrong of a fucking statement that is. Oh Jesus! Because those movies are garbage. You know what movie's not garbage? Can I, I take a guess? A version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ooh. That was what I was going to guess. Oh, shit. I know. Cognition going on over there. It's pretty yeah. great. Why don't you tell me about it, though? Uh, so, <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978 is the second adaptation. I'm pretty sure it is a novel. It might be... A short story. Hang on. Let me double check this so I don't don't get it wrong. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's a 1955 novel called The Body Snatchers. All right. So the first one came in 56 and has Kevin McCarthy. Like it's really iconic. The the view of him like just shouting into the camera is like they're coming, they're coming, and then they're going to get you and you're next or whatever. And then it just kind of ends. So really iconic, uh, and I, I think it holds up. I think it's fine. Um, but this is by far my favorite version of the movie, or uh, of the story, I should say. Uh, it was remade like 
three other times, I want to say. Uh, I know for sure in 1993 and in 2007, for sure. There might be another one in there that I'm missing. But anyway, so, I mean, we all know what the story is. This spore-like thing comes from outer space, and once you touch it, you kind of, like, start becoming like a... uh, you go into a pod basically and uh inside the pod or or you don't go inside the pod sorry a pod starts forming around you once you fall asleep and inside the pod another version of you is being born and then you know that's the person that kind of comes and takes over or whatever um and so it really initially i think is about like conformity uh, at least the the 56 version was. It was kind of like a... It, it came out during really the height of... Or, or like the beginning of the Cold War. And it was like a, a commentary on the fears of like becoming, you know, a communist dictatorship or whatever coming under those things. And I think that this version kind of does the same thing, but it's not really related to the Cold War or anything like that. It's more about like just your mundane lives and how like you're kind of forced into, into one sort of like you're forced into one sort of thing where art and, and stuff like that isn't, isn't available to you. I mean, it's still kind of like a take on that theme of like what would happen if, if you know, the red scare happened and, or, you know, all that shit. But, uh, it's got some, really really fucking terrific acting uh donald sutherland plays the main character and he's wonderful in it leonard nimoy is in it he's uh his character is like a doctor who's a friend of donald sutherland's uh jeff goldblum is in it he's really great uh actually speaking of kevin mccarthy from the 56 version he actually has a cameo in this one where he does like kind of the same exact thing almost. Uh, and he runs in, into like the street and almost says the same exact thing. But then like two seconds later, he runs down the, uh, like another street and then gets hit. Uh, well, it's not really explicitly said what happened, but basically he dies. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really, really, really fucking great movie. And it's got one of the most haunting innings of like any of these types of movies. And I, I don't know, man, I fucking love it. I think it's great. Never seen it. You should, you should. It's on oh. Hulu. If it's not on Hulu, it's on Amazon prime. It's one of well, I at least have Hulu now. Yeah. So I can do that. I've been searching a lot of horror movies recently and I'm not impressed by a lot of what I see, but I'm also like super picky. Like after you guys were talking about Sinister the other day, I went and searched it and instead of finding Sinister, I found Sinister 2 and I can't watch the fucking Uh, second one. Sinister 2 is bad. Don't, don't. Well, yeah. Okay, good. No, I'm not going to watch that then, but I was just mad because I wanted to watch the first one, but I could only find the second one. I didn't think Sinister 2 was that bad. Oh, Sinister 2 is very bad. I'm also not a horror movie buff like you are. That's fair. So I feel like, yeah, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was spooky enough to entertain me. Speaking of spooky and entertaining. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Great segue. (laughs) 
I love it. Nailed it. I hate love it. the energy. Oh man. Uh, so as everyone who is listening to this podcast may already know, I'm I'm not sure, but you know they they may know it. Uh, I am a massive horror fan. And if they don't, they're fucking stupid. I mean, I've all I've been talking about for the past couple of episodes is the horror movies I've been watching. So I mean, if you don't have some sort of idea. That's really all you've talked about since we started this damn project. Um, that's not no, true. no, uh, not, not quite pretty up there. <laughs> I mean, I, I do at talk least about horror movies a lot, but like, uh, there's been some other stuff thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, this this month is excessive, but that's okay because it's something well, it's you enjoy. Almost, it's almost done. October's almost done. You guys won't have to hear about horror movies except for once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, with all that said, I do love other types of horrors, not just movies, and that includes video games. So, that said, Dylan has an affinity for some horror-based video games like Resident Evil, and Austin tends to like horror as a genre. So, with Halloween literally right upon us, I thought it would be fun for us to do something a little different for this episode and keep it themed around horror. So, today... We're going to pitch our very own horror games to one another. We planned it all out, and we're going to talk about it all for your entertainment. I'm fucking excited for this, guys. I've been stoked about this. I wanted to hear yours first because you're the horror god, or do you want to go last? You know, I want to save Josh's for last because I feel like Josh's is probably going to be better than the two of ours, so I want to save his for last. Well, I'm looking at his (laughs) shit at the bottom, and first off... I'm not even going to say anything, but one of those characters is hitting a little close to home on me, and I feel personally attacked, but... <laughs> I thought you were going to okay. say something like, I'm looking at his list right now, and I'm not really impressed so far, so... No, I mean, it seems cool. Um, so, Austin, do you want to go first? you want me to go first? you want to go first? Um, it kind of sounds like you really want me to go first. So, you know what? Um, I'll be the less of a bitch in the situation, and I'll go first. Okay, cool. I'll be the full-on bitch then. Thanks. <laughs> so, I I don't really have a lot of experience with horror games. Um, I've played both of the Outlast games, and oh, fuck, dude. Every time I play that game, I can't sleep for like three days. That shit is fucking horrifying. <laughs> um, what else? There's been a couple more, and I, I, I know I just can't think of them off the top of my fucking head. Well, obviously, fucking Dead by Daylight. That's That doesn't really count. There's not really a story to that. Same thing with Friday the 13th, even though I actually think Friday the 13th is a bad game. Um, but Wait, so uh, the Friday the 13th game, I don't like it. You're insane. I, I don't think it's as good as Dead by Daylight. I don't think it is either, but it's still a lot of fucking fun to play. Uh, maybe it's just because I played it with shitty people that were making it not enjoyable. That's fair. But and because none of my friends could fucking for whatever reason figure out how to fucking play it, uh, or the guys that I used to play with anyway, and then the randos in every fucking game just usually suck nine times out of ten. So, um, but I feel like I did a pretty good job at creating a game that I would actually like to play. Um, like if this was an actual thing being released, I would probably pre-order the most expensive version of it, kind of like Breath of the Wild 2 whenever that happens. You like how I snuck that in there? I was oh, going to find yeah. a spot somewhere. Nailed because it. I noticed the last two episodes, I didn't say it. The yeah. last two episodes. It was a little weird. Yeah. You're slipping, you bitch. I know. So I've got to say it two more times this episode to make up for it. 
So we'll get there. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> you got to say it three times. <laughs> Maybe if I say it three times, they'll announce the pre-order while I'm doing it. Who knows? No, they're going to cancel it. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so the game that I came up with that I'm going to pitch to you guys in this episode, um, it's, it's, it's sort of an RPG in the sense that uh, it, there's no defined character. You completely custom create your character, give them whatever stupid fucking name you want to. Um, but for my idea, you have to be really fucking careful about what you create because it might come to fuck you sometime later in the game. Oh my. Not, not literally, of course, metaphorically, or maybe literally, I don't know. It depends on what kind of headspace I'm in. Um, but so the story starts out with a, uh, with a character who is an employee of the FBI and he's sent to a prison, which is, I, I, I didn't really do a very good job at thinking of city names or prison names or character names. So I just kind of left everything dumb fucking big. Um, but he sent, I, we're, we're going to call the city New York. We're just going to say it takes place in fucking New York. Cause that's easier. Okay. Um, he sent <clears throat> to a new, a newly built prison, which is kind of like a supermax prison. And basically it's where, uh, all the governments of the world, like the United Nations, decided to send the most notorious serial killers in the world to that one specific prison, and that's where they would be held for the rest of their lives, separated from even other uh, other criminals. So this FBI agent, your your character that you create, is sent there to do an evaluation for a patient that was supposed to be executed and record his thoughts for like research, like you know, fucking. Uh, I took a lot of inspiration from criminal minds in that aspect because that's kind of like what they do. Um, but some shit fucks up while he's there and there's a citywide blackout and nobody knows what caused the citywide blackout. But because of the technology that the prison was based, was built with, uh, the citywide blackout causes all the fucking inmates to escape. And I know that's really cliche. That's probably been done a thousand times in a thousand different things, but it's going to get super interesting. I promise. <laughs> um, so basically he, the, the, the killer that he was supposed to evaluate is one of the most notorious uh, fictional uh, killers in the country. And everything fucks up, ends up breaking loose, riots, riots happen throughout the prison. They start letting all the inmates out, or they start helping each other get out. And so New York is overrun with these serial killers that have basically taken the city for their own. And the military comes in, and because they don't want these inmates to get out of the city, they end up blocking the city off. So not even civilians can escape. They're, they're not letting anybody leave. So they're basically leaving the sure. civilians in the city to fend for themselves against these hot, like n- notorious serial killers. And the reason why I said the way you create your character can come back to fuck you is because the number one thing that people who uh, like evaluate and research serial, ki- serial killers notice is that every serial killer, well, almost every serial, serial killer seems to have some kind of type. They have a specific kind of victim that they like to hunt for, whether it's their height or weight or age or eye color, hair color, gender, whatever. There's always something that attracts them to that specific victim. So the more so and every 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 pretty much every enemy in the game has a list of what they're into, like they'll have brown hair and green eyes or a certain height or a certain gender. And the more things on that list you fill out the harder that serial killer will work to track you and the harder he will be to fend off and i didn't i i was trying to come up with like an end game kind of thing and basically 
what I came up with was, come to find out, this was actually a government social experiment. They made the blackout happen on purpose so they could evaluate and see how far a normal human who doesn't have the typical frontal lobe damage that serial killer has uh, or have, how far their mind and body will be pushed when they're filled with with the fear of being stuck in a cage with with basically a fucking monster. And that's pretty much it. That's about as far as I got. But I don't like, I thought that's I don't like it because it sounds fucking terrifying. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like kind of like the purge me to dead by daylight and it scares me. I I so I kind of I kind of think that horror stuff that's more realistic than like demons or monsters or witches like stuff that can be grounded in reality that can be absolutely possible to me is way more fucking terrifying than the rest of it Mm, that's fair so because like that's stuff that can actually happen like it's kind of hard for me to have a nightmare about fucking uh uh, freddy eating me in my fucking dreams but i can absolutely have a fucking nightmare about a dude in a michael myers mask that's just gonna walk in my house and slash my throat and walk back out (laughs) Like you know what I mean? Like does that does that yeah. make sense what I'm trying to say? No, yeah, that's totally fair. So that's kind of that's kind of why I went with it. And the title that I went for this made up game was The Longest Night in Hell. Cuz that's essentially what that shit would fucking feel like. Yeah, I I really like wrong. that title. It uh and the concept if uh, the way that I'm thinking about You're gonna it. You're going to tear me apart, aren't you? No, no, no. I'm sensitive, Josh. <laughs> I was going to say the concept, uh, if, if I if I remember the game correctly, kind of reminds me of um, the the Rockstar game. Uh, what the fuck was it called? Manhunt, I think. Oh, okay. yes. From the from the PS2. I, th- I think that's what it was called. It, it is called Manhunt. Yeah. Huh. So it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, just, I guess, in reverse, because in that one, I'm pretty sure you play as the serial killer. Yeah, I've never played that. I've heard of it, but I've never played it. Yeah, because I'm getting like Purge vibes. I'm getting Arkham City vibes. It's like, but all this on like a much grander scale. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm. what really gets me is the whole, however I make my character is going to come back and bite me in the ass somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I haven't, at least to my knowledge that I can remember, I I haven't played a game where because I'm I'm very into RPGs that let you fully create a custom character. Depending on if I'm sober or not, I will spend hours doing that. And my buddy David is worse. I've literally watched this man hanging out at his house. We're on medicine, trying to keep things super vague in case family ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> but I have literally watched that man take four hours to create a character, trying to make sure everything was perfect. Like, dude, going as in depth as the game would possibly allow him allow him to go. And I'm super I don't go into games. Crazy. I'm super into games that allow me to do that. So the I mean, concept of a game f- fucking you for doing that sounded like felt really interesting to me. And that's something that I like. Like I said, if this was a real thing, I would probably buy the shit out of this. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. there's nothing else that exists like it, and I, I would be curious to see the the story pan out, especially with like that. I'm not going to say he's the the leader, but like the head honcho serial killer, yeah. like the one that you said was the worst in fictional history. Yeah. I would still like to see how he comes to play in. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that sounds cool, man. I'd, I'd probably play that. I would love to see something like that. I 
Oh, two. I spent hours on that. That would be great. But well, go on, Dylan. Would you? Yeah, I was. Huh? Well, oh, I was going to say, would you? Uh, would you implement a sort of like roguelite? Uh, sort of like gameplay mechanic to it, like where, like you continue, like, in like you, your character dies, you come back, or like you, you create another character and go on like another run, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. I think okay. that that would be really cool if there was a permadeath system where that, where when you die, your runs over and you got to like start that. completely from scratch. I like that a lot. That that was in my that was in my original thought process, and I just didn't add it because I kind of wanted. I kind of wanted the game to be like a, a fairly lengthy story, and I feel like roguelike doesn't really work with fairly lengthy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would probably be more of like a more of like like the hardest setting in the game has permadeath or something like that. Like the hardest difficulty setting is permadeath. So let me ask you something, and this will be the last question I ask you. And if you don't have an answer, that's fine because I don't know if I would have an answer. Though I I kind of have something I would love to happen. Yeah. If this game became a reality and you were approached and this question mark company wanted to make this happen and wanted to get your input on it, what company would you want to develop your game? Oh, God. That's a really good question. We should ask everybody that. Um, Fuck, dude. I'm trying to think of companies that I feel like could do a good job at a game like that. Um I would say with that kind of setting, probably a company along the lines of, of God damn it, probably a company along the lines of like Insomniac or Naughty Dog, I feel like would do a really good job at something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Especially Naughty Dog, even though I'm not a fan of The Last of Us. Not because I don't like it, I just haven't played them. Oh, okay. I will eventually. All right. I'm getting Uh-oh. to them. What? And that. God. Well, he loved your game so much, he, he just took it and oh, ran. There he is, there he is, there he is. I don't know what the hell that was about. I don't either. I, I, told, I told Austin, I was like, you like the idea so much, you just ran with it, and you're going immediately to get it developed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what the hell I got kicked out. That's fine. Um, um, so Austin says what scares him the most is like the stuff that could really happen in the sense of people who it's people it's humanity that's the issue and i do agree with that but i will say that growing up where i did a big part of what scares me are the what if questions and it all has to do with folklore um folklore in the sense hell did you grow up uh, North Carolina in a population in an area that had a lot of Native American population. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and a part of my family is Native American. Um, oh. Not immediately. I'm still white as a cracker, but I do have um, like full blooded Cherokee Indian. Just I think it was like my great grandmother or somewhere very close inside of my family. It's Native American. Um, But you just, one of the guys that taught me how to, not one of the guy that taught me how to tie my shoe in my grandmother's hair salon was named Tony Rainstick. I don't think Tony was his first real name. Probably not. But that's what everyone knew him as. He was a Native uh, Cherokee uh, Indian. He came in and he would sell like bracelets and stuff that he truly had made himself. But he would sit me on his lap and he would teach me how to tie my shoes. And that's just how integrated the population was there. That's really um, you, Yeah. You could see a lot of stuff like that, but so do you, do you know 
do you, like do you know off the top of your head how much percent of percentage of Native American is in your DNA? I don't. I would actually be curious to know. Um, you should try that. You should take like an ancestry test. I would like to know that because, and then I also have like a huge part of like uh, Czechoslovakian blood in me as well, and German oh, stuff okay. like that. But I don't know. I would like to know one day. But growing up where I did, you hear a lot of stories. Um, and while Cherokees really don't have anything just greatly terrifying outside of a few things, one being called the Raven Mocker, and then another one being called, I think it's a, I don't know if it's Stonefinger or not. It's something similar to that. But Cherokees don't have anything truly just gruesome. But who does are the Native American population further, further north in terms of like the Canadian areas and stuff like that. Um, so this is where my game stems from. I was going to do something based around The Shining because that's my favorite horror story, both in terms of book and movie. That's my favorite. But when I truly sat down and thought about it, this is something that gets me on a much more just cerebral level. And it's because I do believe stuff like this mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. I believe folklore has stemmed from somewhere. I don't believe the Native Americans made any of this up. I think the world is a much more scary place than we think it is. So the gameplay is very much first person survival. You have no tools at your disposal other than what is at your immediate reach. But sometimes that's all you need. You are very much out of your element. Everything is quite literally out to get you. And in turn, you must do what you can to survive. And most importantly, avoid the Wendigo. The Wendigo is essentially the embodiment of just a, like, a, like a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being. He is, he or she, whatever, has never been a friendly sight. I'll say that. So... I have a synopsis and I'm going to read the little synopsis and I'll go from there. But so deep within the forests of Ontario, two men, Edgar and Robert, on an excursion into the vast expanse to hike, fish and hunt are set upon by misfortune. When a grueling downpour sets them on a trail of misery, they soon learn that the reality in which they lived was nothing more than a meager fib, a lie humanity tells itself to ease the burden of the greatest question. What if? Edgar and Robert soon find themselves in a maelstrom of chaos intertwining that of the supernatural and the all-too-real human nature when they stumble upon a modern tribe of Cree who worship the Wendigo, an entity thought to be superstition, an inkblot, and the realm of folklore. But for the two unfortunate souls for whom our story follows, superstition becomes all-too-real. Harrowing conflicts with the tribe of cannibalistic Cree pale in comparison to the entity that lurks in the corner of their eye. The creature standing at twice the height of a human with limbs elongated and so thin you'd think them nothing but a small branch on an adolescent tree. Its eyes hollow and black as coal and a rack of horns fit for a king. Edgar and Robert have found the embodiment of hell and the devil that rules over the domain. So that's my premise. Mm. Uh, so health is non-existent in this game. Death can still occur from things like the Wendigo catching up to you and getting its hands on you or the Cree capturing you outside of like a cutscene situation. In place of health, there is sanity and humanity. 
While increased run-ins with the Wendigo will diminish your sanity, your interactions and choices you make while dealing with the Kree will affect your humanity. Fall too low in your sanity, and it becomes much easier for the Wendigo to find you. Fall too low in your humanity, and the Kree can start appearing more frequently, endangering you more often, and forcing you to flee for your life. Your responsibility is to stay out of sight and out of mind as much as possible, though doing so is much easier said than done. You'll be faced with choices that will affect your very survival and must not be taken lightly. There is no music in this game outside of the traditional Cree playing their music uh, with you know their instruments inside of their camps and stuff like that. Other than that, the sound is purely the forest sur- surrounding you, and sometimes the silence is deafening. So if you guys have ever, Austin, I know you haven't, but if you go into the forest in the middle of the night, even here, and you're right, I you, I one of the first dates I ever took Sabrina on was we drove into the middle of the mountains at night. We were just cruising, and I told her this is probably going to be the most scared you've ever been. So we go up and we're halfway into a mountain, and I said, "Are you ready?" And she said, "What?" And I shut the car off, and I the lights went off, and everything around you. It's the most harrowing thing you could possibly hear because what you're hearing is nature. But that nature is scary as hell when the whole entire earth around you is nothing but black night. And that's kind of where this game stems from. It stems from those Native American folklores and probably one of the most, to me, just just pure evil like yeah. forces out there in their superstition. And this is a game where you can be playing along and you can be trying to escape and you think that you're escaping from the Cree, but then it's not that you're going to see the Wendigo chasing you. It's not going to happen. It's going to be that you're going to see glimpses or a shadow out of the corner of your eye and you're going to hear that heartbeat and you're going to see your sanity start to deplete. And that's where this game, this is where my concept stems from because I truly feel this is a game that I would want to play. I would want to get this just cerebral experience making me fear for myself. I want something to make my adrenaline rush and my heart pump. And that's the kind of game that does this. And that's my concept. This is my horror game. Hell yeah. Nice. I like, I like that a lot. That's Thank weird. you. <clears throat> that was, uh, I was expecting you to, to have a, a shining thing going. Cause that's what we had talked about. So this was a present pleasant surprise. <laughs> Yeah, I really wanted to because I think the concept of going into the Overlook Hotel as a past caretaker before we see, you know, Mr. Torrance go in there, I think that would be something that's super cool. But this speaks to me on another level because it's something that I truly relate to and it's something that I am truly fearful of. So, mm, yeah, that's where it comes from. That makes sense. Yeah, that that was good, man. I I would play that. Yeah, Thank you. I would too. As terrified as I fucking would be. <laughs> I would definitely try it. So uh, with that said, what you asked Austin, um, who would you? I have two. I have two. And I know it's completely out of the realm of what they do. So one of the, and that's why I have two. I think FromSoft could take something like this. It's something completely they've never done before, but they do such a good job at making these dark, gritty worlds that I think it would be super cool to see their take on it, but maybe that's just the fanboy in me. 
So if that never could happen, it would definitely be a ninja theory just with what I saw from Hellblade. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't think about I did not even think about them. I could definitely get behind that. Yeah. All right, would, Josh. It's the daddy said, it's the daddy moment. I would have said you uh just because of, of the of the nature element, I would have said uh fucking Ubisoft too. They would have done good with like the Assassin's Creed development team, especially in terms of Assassin's Creed 3 with the Native American situation yeah. going on there. But I really, really, really wanted like Rumsoft's take on it because I'm a fanboy and I'd love to see them run with something like that. That's completely out of their element that they've never done before. Mm-hmm. But knowing that they probably wouldn't do that, it would have to be Ninja Theory because they got so, so cerebral with their gameplay of Hellblade, which I didn't finish because I got sidetracked. That's just what I do. Um, but it just the just the snippet that I played made me feel like any other game that I've ever had my hands on. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Very nice. <clears throat> all right so i don't have a, a synopsis like like you laid out but i have basically design elements pulled together um so i don't have a title for this game either uh, austin beat me there and you beat me with synopsis so hopefully i can <laughs> my game would have literally been called wendigo <laughs> oh, okay. yeah all right so um this game sort of came to me as uh like remnants of an old script that i had started like a long time ago like maybe he like 2012 maybe Um, hell maybe even earlier than that that was very very inspired by nightmare on elm street um and i think that this game sort of is too so uh, it's a third person, uh, action adventure, Metroidvania sort of survival horror game. So like, it's obviously like I said, third person, but like, it'll kind of be, uh, in similar fashion to like Resident Evil where like we'll stick the the characters in one location and then you'll have to backtrack around that location to solve puzzles and like collect items and shit like that sort of so uh but basically it's it's based around a group of friends and it will start with uh all of the all of the friends one night they're all separate uh they all have dreams about the same house like they're all they all have the same dream about the same house whatever and at the beginning of the game we'll witness each of the game uh, each of the dreams in like quick succession and then we engage with a couple sequences where we like get to know our characters sort of like with nothing happening no scary shit like nothing so like i want it to be very slow burn after like the first little like weirdly off-putting dream sequence where like everyone is noticing like the same house sort of thing. I want it to be very like dreamlike and, and surreal. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the real world and you meet the characters and you spend a little bit of time with the characters and and get to know them. Uh, And it'll, it'll play kind of like uh, in, in this at least portion of the game, it'll play in my mind a little bit like persona where you're, gaining relevant information through 
building relationships with the other characters. Hmm. And the game will really get kicked off in full when one of the characters named Adam is out running and notices the house from their dreams. And so they all talk about it and how weird it is. And then like, then there will be another sequence where each of the characters will have uh, a different dream. And I'm thinking that this may be like, is uh, the least maybe like scary parts of the game. Uh, So like the dreams will kind of like guide them to the house sort of thing. And then they'll all wake up or something. So when that happens, they all decide, well, we know where the house is. We're all dreaming about it. Something's got to be going on. So they go to investigate the house. And then once they get into the house, they begin to search it kind of room by room. But while they're in these rooms, they start to like nod off and fall asleep or like the rooms will kind of like mess with their perceptions of reality or stuff like that. And each one of these like room things or like uh, dream sequences will tie into each of the characters sort of like fears. So Emily Prescott is the main protagonist. She's kind of like studious. She's got an athletic ish build and she has issues with physical violence carried out against her and her family members by other family and loved ones. And her dreams will all deal with that trauma. So like she'll see stuff like people getting beaten or uh, like maybe the aftermath where like, you know, after you, you know how like in domestic abuse cases, they're like the guy will come back in or, or the woman will come back in and be like, you know, I only do this because I love you or whatever, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, all of her dream sequences will kind of center around that sort of stuff, like like trauma or like like physical violence and like gaslighting and shit like that. Um, Adam Jones is her stepbrother. He's gay. He's very fit and athletic, but he has sobriety issues that stem from uh, the loss of his mother. And his dreams will will kind of deal with the sobriety in what I think of as like, uh, possession. So like the, the, the thematic struggle of like, you're a different person when you have drugs and you sort of thing. Oh yeah. So the possession angle kicks in there. At least that's, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know exactly how that would work since he's the character experiencing the dreams, but that's where my thought process was. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Park is Adam's boyfriend. He's a little bit on the chubby side. I feel he attacked. Has, <laughs> he has severe issues with with his body image and constantly fears Adam is leave, is going to leave him because of it. So his dreams will sort of deal with with that loss and with his weight gain and deal with those sort of fears. Um. And I, I kind of want his stuff to feel like, uh, if you guys remember, have you ever seen 28 Days Later? That's what, when I was talking to you about the zombie movies earlier, that would have been one of my number ones. 
Yeah, that's number two for me. 28 Days Later is number two. Yeah. Um, so the the sequence where uh, I think his name is Jim, Killian Murphy's character wakes up. Yes. And he's completely alone and it's just him screaming into a void sort of thing. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yes. Okay, so that's kind of what I, I think of his his dreams being like, where he's... He's like, alone. Yeah, I mean, basically. And it's like um, a, just an endless void. That's terrifying in itself, I guess, yeah. because it's so relatable. Did you write this character after me? No, not at all. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly kind of modeled him what I felt like after myself, but... Holy shit, you and I, Josh, we need to go to therapy. Real bad. Real bad. <laughs> oh, bro. We should just um, have a adventure at this point. <laughs> oh my god so the last two characters Sandra Thomas is Emily's best friend she's obsessed with her self image so she constantly is caring about what others think of her and her dream sequences will revolve around body disfigurement horror so like she will like maybe somehow get into like in her in her dream sequence will find herself in like uh uh, uh, I forget like what you would call them, but like, you know, when you go into the, the carnival house of mirrors. Oh, and you're like completely distorted. Yeah, exactly. I gotcha. And so like, that's what she would see sort of thing. And then the last one is Laura Steinman and that's Emily's sister-in-law. Laura's husband, who was Emily's sister died in a car accident just the year prior and that will be basic basis oh my god that will be the basis of most of her dream sequences basically like a ghost story like she's seeing her her husband uh who's dead or whatever so the i was thinking of this in the in the same way that like uh with the metroidvania style with like having puzzles in where like you'll have like timed puzzles and like matching puzzles and shit like that. But like what I was thinking is that the basically the puzzles and like the combat, which I'll get into in just a second will all take place in the, in the house and the combat specifically will take place during quote unquote dream sequences where each of the characters kind of grow their own ability. That is like their version of like fighting their, their fears or whatever. Um, and the puzzles will sort of like help, uh, to develop those powers, but also will allow them to further explore the house. Like I want it to like seem like when you first see it, like it's a small, like little whatever, but like when you get in, it's like a labyrinth sort of thing. And all of the characters can die and each character, uh, and the decisions that they make. So like if they're unable to like finish a puzzle or, or they die within their, their specific like stories and whatever, will affect the story for the other characters. So like if say, you know, uh, Dylan in his, Oh my God, I just realized that the, the chubby characters named Dylan. God, That's why I asked. Holy shit. I, yeah, I did not even fucking put two and two together. Holy shit. 
<laughs> um, well, so I, like one of his things is like his his weight gain, and I was thinking like maybe one of his dream sequences will just be him like eating and eating and eating and eating until he dies, sort of thing. Like he just balloons up basically, and so I was thinking like if say. Dylan is in a room and this room is going to lead to like a safe house or whatever. And then he kind of like enters in to the, you know, the dream state or whatever. And he's unable to finish the, like opening up the room to, to the safe room or whatever that the next character will have to go. If they go into that room, will have to open up the safe room if that makes sense. So like the decisions that one character makes or the fact that they die will affect what happens to the other people within the house. So, um, and the combat, I, I really don't know exactly what I had thought would, would work because I don't really have a villain for this story. Um, and I don't know, what the the combat would actually entail so it might just be a matter of like not necessarily combat but like each of their unique abilities would help them to eventually you know quote unquote conquer their fears and like in the story if that makes sense so maybe it's not combat mechanics so much uh as more like just gameplay mechanics so um yeah, that was a very long and and way more uh, involved than I probably should have given it. But, um, yeah. So so what's the end game? That's I guess that's my biggest one. I like. So I, that's that's the only thing, and this is where I, I when I when I took the idea from the script that I had originally written, I didn't have an idea for what the quote unquote villain would be. So my thought process is that it was that it would just be like fear and fear is amorphous. Like in in it, like the book, it isn't always Pennywise the clown. It's a fucking like uh for lack of a better term, it's a dream demon. Or uh like if you took uh the the idea of Freddy and didn't have him personified. Like it's just your dreams. That's what scares me is because instead of having one like killer or one thing that's causing the issues, I guess it's just fear personified to each person. Yeah. And that's terrifying in and of itself because it's like, I was sitting here while you were describing that and I saw, you know, the Dylan Park character. So obviously I correlated with that guy. I was like, Oh, this is, Josh attacking me, you know, <laughs> but it, it really, it wasn't. And I got that. But then I started thinking like what my fears would be like, not fears, things that I'm scared of, which I just kind of talked about during my game, but it's like on a personal and an emotional level, what is it that I fear most? And it's like, if I were having dreams about stuff like that, that would probably ruined my life really quickly i mean mm. and that's the scariest part of it so hearing you talk about that and especially like the puzzle based systems because 
I don't know if I'm already having the worst time of my life dealing with these fears being brought to light. I don't have time for puzzles. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just even fucking worse. And that's what makes it so much more terrifying to me is that they have all this going on and any one person at any given time could die. And then everyone else has to pick up. I'm not going to say the person slack, but that's kind of like what it is. It's like, you know, they died. They're not carrying their weight. That's not it. (laughs) You just, you have to pick Mm. up where they left off. And that's so fucking terrifying because the, the, the the old movies like it and the book that really did get to me because it's, it's fear itself. And that's what's so bad to me. Yeah. It's a scary world. Yep. Uh, So to, to wrap mine up, the, there are two teams that really come to mind for me as to who could potentially do this. And the first one is uh, obviously Bloober team who I talked about on our, uh, our studio, our, our, our making our first party list. Uh, They, I feel like kind of did something a little similar with like layers of fear. Uh, And I think that they have the chops within the horror genre to, to really like do this. But the other team that really popped to to mind for me was, uh, God, what is their name? I'm blanking on it. Supermassive. Supermassive. Yeah. The guys who did um, Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yep. (laughs) And Man and Medan. Because uh, I really feel like their style of like storytelling where, you know, everything affects everything sort of thing would would lend itself to the way that. Yeah, because I, I was getting some strong Until Dawn vibes and I was like, if yeah. any development company could do this, it would be super massive. Yeah, I, I love Until Dawn. Man of Medan, I'm still uh, it's fine. I, I still need to go through and play it again. I don't think it's as good. But Until Dawn is, I think, fucking great. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so. That was fun. That, those were our horror games. I, I liked that. I liked that a lot. That was, we brought bad. three different games. Like, we all had something vastly different than the other one. So, I love that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I really liked both of your games. I would play both of those. Hell, yeah. So, uh, well, with that said. Uh, so why don't we talk about what we've been playing? I'll start with a very quick segment I like to call Josh Plays Dead by Daylight and Nothing Else. <laughs> um, so the is, it, is this a weekly installment? Uh, yeah, it's weekly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only reason that I even wanted to remotely bring this up is because the new quote-unquote season just started, and I didn't have the newest like expansion with like the new killer and the new like character going into it. And they added challenges that required those characters, if that makes sense. So I was forced to buy the DLC, which kind of annoyed me a little bit, but also like, I understand it. Like if you play dead by daylight, you, yeah, it's, it's only $7. Like, you know, come on, man. Yeah, but, I get it. At, at the same time, it, I was a little annoyed by it because I'm just like, well, I was like, I didn't, I was going to wait till there was a sale and admittedly it's only seven bucks, but whatever. Anyway, uh, so with that said, some of the challenges for this, this rift have annoyed the piss out of me because I don't understand what they're thinking. Like, so one of the killer uh challenges was 
you have to get, I think it was like 20,000 blood points in a specific category. And the one that I was doing was uh, deviousness, which if I remember correctly, the way that you get deviousness points is by basically keeping the survivors off of generators. So you have to constantly be like, if if there's a generator around, like you need to make sure that they are off of it because you want to try to get them killed before they can get any generators done. And so it's not necessarily difficult to do, but the blood points, don't, like the way that they were adding up didn't make any fucking sense at all. Like I would get like three or 400 blood points for one match where like, I thought I did decent, like maybe like two or three generators were left before I killed all the survivors. But then the next one I would do better and I would get less. Or like there was one where like I did worse, but like I got 6,000 blood points in the category. I was like, what the actual fuck? There was like no rhyme or reason to it. And then earlier today I was doing one of the survivor challenges where you're supposed to, uh, what the fuck was it that you were supposed to do? Oh, you're supposed to get uh, 20,000 blood points in the objectives category. And the first two matches I was like running through, I got, uh, it was 8,000 a piece on, in my first two matches. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to run through this. And then my next match where I was basically the only one who did generators, I ended up only getting like 1700 blood points. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand how this is a thing. Like, I yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, so I I don't know what exactly their criteria was, but it it kind of annoyed me. But seems a little sketch right now. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get play because I fucking I <laughs> fucking love this game, but just yeah, <sighs> that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So with that said. Austin, you mentioned it earlier. You're playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, and I am loving it. I'm not super far, admittedly, because I Crown Tundra came out and kind of just said, oh, "Fuck everything else you're doing." <laughs> um, because I'm I'm I, I've been shiny hunting the whole time we've been recording. Oh my! Yes, but uh, <laughs> Dylan said yes. <laughs> Um, I did actually get one while we were recording, by the way. What? You didn't Josh... freak out? No, because Josh was talking. I didn't, wasn't going to interrupt. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but And it wasn't a cool shiny. I'm not exactly happy I fucking got it. But What was it, Magikarp? No, it was a Puku Muku. Oh. Okay, yeah. All right, he's a cute <laughs> shiny. I mean, I think it's a cute Pokemon, but like, the fuck am I going to do Sorry. with this thing? Yeah. Anyway, now's not the time for Pokemon talk. Now is the time for Final Fantasy talk. Yes. Funny Have enough, you gotten to the part where Sora, Donald, and Goofy appear? I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of like hate that is rolling through me right now. Just coursing through both of our blood at this moment. And I'm not even a huge Final Fantasy fan. Like I like seven and that's kind of it. But still, fuck you. <laughs> You're the worst kind of person. <laughs> Oh, I love it. It's suicide night for me. Everyone hates me. <laughs> Funny enough, Madison tagged me in a meme the other day. Like, you know, the meme where it's like the grandma and the woman's trying to help her in the house and she's saying something that's true that nobody thinks about anymore. Oh, yeah. 
it was Madison tagged me in one. It was this old woman. She was like, back in my day, Final Fantasy was turn based, and the lady was like, just get in the house, fucking house, mom. <laughs> and I was like, that's in. Uh, incredible accurate statement uh, josh i haven't tried what you said yet i might just start over and try that with the classic mode where i can play turn-based uh-huh. because i don't really like the i know this isn't accurate but i don't have anything else final fantasy to compare it to i don't really like the kingdom Hearts style combat oh yeah that that's fair i feel like it does feel very kingdom hearts-esque it doesn't i don't know it doesn't feel right in a like in a solo Final Fantasy game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel natural. So I kind of, I want to switch to the turn base. But I will say that I think the game is fucking gorgeous. I I think the graphics are really good. I think the character models look phenomenal. Um, uh, especially Cloud and Tifa. Both character models for Cloud and Tifa look incredible to me. Um. But I'm loving it so far. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm glad that I played Final Fantasy such a long time ago that I don't remember the story all too well. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm glad you did too because holy <laughs> shit, that's a that's one hell of a story not to remember. It, it was a really. I was in like elementary school when I started playing that shit, so I don't. Well, really congratulations remember on getting to experience the best Final Fantasy story. That's that, oh, Josh is going to yell at me. No, Josh is going to yell at me. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> No, I mean from all the ones I've played, it's he's right. Thirteen is much better. I am going to actually. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm not there. Fucking. Oh, you. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've played, I've played Final Fantasy seven. I've played ten. I've played ten two, and I've played thirteen. And no, I've never played thirteen, but I played thirteen two. And oh. I hated every. All of them are better than seven. Eight. I've never played. Gosh, it. I'm just saying shit. I'm just saying shit. I don't believe any of this. <laughs> Josh is like toaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. I deserve it. Meant none of that. I meant none of that, <laughs> except for maybe Final Fantasy Seven. But, oh. <laughs> but it's it's good so far. I, I I'm enjoying it. But I'm I'm curious as to know why you said what you said josh do you not think the story is the story from the remake like dramatically uh deter from the original uh i'm not gonna spoil anything for you but when you get to the end it takes a radical shift from really yeah okay well is it this the one that's in parts yes yes okay let me just ask something as bland as i possibly can at the end of this part does the thing happen uh 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 the no, uh no okay no it doesn't okay okay if if what i'm thinking you're saying i if we're on the same wave wavelength then no it doesn't happen as long as i get to see sephiroth in this game that's kind of i'm cool well i mean yeah you i mean you get to see him all over the fucking place as long as like as long as that's there i, hope I don't talking really about care. the same thing i i do i do too um, <laughs> so so is is part two like First of all, how long is this fucking game? Because I thought it was Can't a long trust game. issues, I'll say this, that. This is a 40-hour 40, 40 game. And it's part one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so uh, I don't want to get too far into it because I still need to, like, replay it to gather, like, my full thoughts. But one of the problems that I have with it is that it is full of, like, stuffing. 
Like, mm-hmm. so the first, like what this game covers is basically the first five to 10 hours of the original Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. It's not even the end of the first disc of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, God. Now, I think that probably expanding upon it for some of the things that they do, like they add a lot more character uh, to to some of the more incidental people like Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge. They all are way more fleshed out in this than they were in the original. Okay. There's also like a lot of like awesome little uh, like tweaks that they do to the story to sort of make you care more about each individual character and the bonds that kind of like evolve between them. But they kind of do that with like new characters that have any bearing on the story whatsoever. Why they added new characters? Uh, well, I don't want to say yes, but I also don't want to say no. Like there are characters that I'm sure were like in the original game, but you just never really like, like this character doesn't fucking matter. Does that make sense? So they're building a character from the ground up sort of thing. Okay. And like some of that stuff works and some of it doesn't like I, they're one of the characters in the very beginning of the game. I think his name is Charon or Karen, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and he basically is like a, a robot that sends you on. Like he's a, he's a real human being or, or whatever, but like he is so robotical and like, or mechanical and just has you do these stupid ass weird side missions that don't fucking have any bearing on anything whatsoever. Mm, love so those. And get like, like materia points. Love I, those. I don't, just, uh, I don't know, man. They, they could have made this a 20 hour experience where they kind of made the whole game graphically like f- fidelity wise. Uh, incredible because there are parts in this game that like the cut scenes are amazing but like you get out into the real world and like there are reused textures and there are reused character faces and like shit like that well now it's i kind of don't want to finish it no it's good it's good it's good <laughs> oh no you definitely have to finish it especially because never mind go ahead well, I, I was just going to say, I just, I really feel like they could have cut this down to 20 hours, expanded on the stuff that was good, made yeah. everything like, like a nice, tight, 100% amazing package, and then d- moved on to like the next part. But instead they spent fucking like almost 10 years developing this shit to fucking give me a product that's bloated and like has some really bad fucking like you you'll like it because you like kingdom hearts but mm-hmm. like we can all sit here we all like kingdom hearts i think to certain extents we can all agree that kingdom hearts has some really fucking bad writing sometimes oh bro yeah like, so i really feel like this is suffers from that to a certain extent but anyway I, i've gone too long speaking about this fucking game <laughs> I think it's good, and you should definitely keep playing it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to finish. Um, I'll finish it. From from what I know, or from what I've read, um, I don't know how true this is. Uh, it's a timed exclusive now, is it not? Uh, from what I understand, yes. It, it will be coming to Xbox 
at some point. I think I think I read year. sometime next year. Yeah. Excuse the fuck out of me. Yes. Final Fantasy Seven is coming. The original is on Game Pass. Yeah. I don't care about that. <laughs> all yeah, the it, all the some of the more recent Final Fantasy games are, are on don't Game Pass. Care about that. You're saying that the remake is coming. Yeah. Yes. Oh, daddy, I didn't know that. That's about to get real. Okay. Oh, that's what I need. Why do you even care? You only play on PC. Boom, roasted. Uh, Game Pass, biatch. That's why I care. Uh, well, PC Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass are different entities. It's not there, right? I mean, it, I thought Final Fantasy 15 was on Ultimate, or is it not? No, it, it is, but it's like the Windows versions, yeah. which was notorious for having like issues. Nice. Well, maybe that won't happen with the next one. <laughs> Fuck AT and T. Uh, yeah. So, cool. Keep it up. Um, <laughs> keep it up, champ. Dylan, talk. Are you winning? Souls three. Uh, it's a good game. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's outside of Pokemon. It's the one thing that I have. No, 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 no. We've already said moving on. We're done. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm gonna get real awkward when I stop talking. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go on. Go on. Uh, it, outside of Pokemon, it's something that I have been playing. <laughs> and uh, have either of you played Dark Souls three? Uh, yes. I played the first one. Does that count? No. That's why I said three. <laughs> yeah, um, I've played Dark Souls three. It's my it's favorite of the great. three Dark Souls. Yes. Thank you. Same. It's actually. I think I've said this a few times, especially in the last podcast I was on. It's one of my top games of all time. I didn't put it on the top five list because I'm a fucking idiot, but um, it's something that I consistently go back through and play over and over and over again. And when I'm not uh, like playing a game or creating content, I'm on Twitch and I'm watching either Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne. That's all I do. Mm. Uh, It's just a game that I love so much because it's, Josh, it's kind of like what you said about your game that you would want to have created. It's something that you can go back and you can unlock different parts and you can find items and you can do different stuff for different, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's a game that there's always a reason to go back to. And then like my whole concept right now is I want to beat the game on one like solid run through and it gets to the DLC because I never actually had a chance to play the DLC. Um, so I'm super excited about that. I've seen a little bit of it from streams, but streams the streams that i watch and i'll get into that in a little bit they don't have like full-fledged content walkthroughs i'm not doing a let's play of this this is just kind of like my own personal game that i've been playing Mm -hmm. but it's so much fun and i I bring a buddy in with me uh greg i've talked about him a few times like he's just the dark souls guru and we just sit back and have fun old greg we you don't know how many times we reference that (laughs) it has to be too many it's it is way too many. It's such a um, weird fucking video. Didn't that come from Adult Swim? Uh, Did it? Uh, I think I don't know so. If it came from Adult Swim, I just remember it being a YouTube thing. That's um, so funny. Well, regardless, uh, I've been having just a ton of fun on co-op with it, and it makes it Hell makes yeah. the game a lot more social. Like Dark Souls and Bloodborne can feel a little isolated and somber, but yeah. when you bring another buddy in, it gets. It, it becomes a different game and that's kind of like what we're doing and we really enjoy it. So I, I don't know if you, you said you have not played it uh big Papa. Um, I have played the first dark souls and I wanted to, 
rip my TV off its off the stand. <laughs> oh, so I understand. never played one after that. Well, if you ever want to, if you go to this website called CD Keys, you can get the game and the DLC for like twenty bucks, as opposed to paying sixty for it on Steam. Okay, so, okay, I'm intrigued. I and I will play the sh- shit out of it. With- me, me, and Madison watch this channel on YouTube called the uh, uh, Girlfriend Reviews. I think they're so. I don't know if you guys have ever watched yeah, watched her watched them. <clears throat> I I think they're so fucking. We both think they're so fucking funny. They're fucking hilarious. And we watched the the video they did on Dark Souls like a couple of days ago, and I was fucking screaming. That shit was so. I've never fun. heard of it, but I will watch it after this podcast. You said girlfriend reviews. Yeah, it's basically her boyfriend plays all these games, and she just watches and like makes. Fun oh, that's of them. cool. Yeah, I'll totally watch that then. And it's <laughs> super funny. Yeah, I mean, like they they actually do review it, and uh, uh, like they fuck, they did The Last of Us too, and got death threats literal death wow. threats because they said the last of us two was a good game <laughs> and everybody was like oh were you were uh, obviously paid to say that and she was like i wish sony paid me to yeah. say that josh have you received death threats uh not yet but i'm i'm sure that i will eventually well here's how typing anyway to you right so yeah, now. dark souls 3 uh perfect game in every in every shape and form and i suggest everyone get it and play it and especially these two buddies in the party if you guys want to play with me let me know i meant dark souls Hell yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I want to play I'll... with you, but uh, <laughs> Austin. Nobody does. <laughs> uh, I played with you last night, you fucking shit ass. Hey, that's between us. Oh, oh my. <laughs> oh. I mean, uh, Austin, tell me about Doom Eternal before I'm I on my way. Goddamn mind. <laughs> um, so I love it, but I also fucking hate it at the same time. Um, I think there is way too much goddamn platforming in that game for a first-person shooter. I think that was a stupid fucking decision. Cultist base is way too fucking long and has way too much platforming, and it just shouldn't fucking be there. <laughs> Other than that, it's a good game. <laughs> I I enjoy the combat. I think the con- I I think it's somewhat unique. It's also just a first-person shooter, and I have a really hard fucking time caring about first-person shooters in 2020. But I think that uh, they the I think the developers do a really good job at kind of making Doom or, or make Doom 2016 and, and Doom Eternal feel uh, very unique compared to the lucrative uh, uh, first amount of first person shooters in the in the market. It's good. Yeah. It's bloody. It's gory. It's fucking nasty. Uh, there's fucking banging ass metal riffs when you're fucking breaking skulls and cutting fucking demon bodies open and it's just it, that's, that's kind of like that is my I don't believe in heaven but if heaven is exists that's what I want it to be like oh so it's hell yeah but like fun I mean like if, if heaven exists that I'm going to hell anyway and I've, I've kind of come to peace with that um but, I've definitely not I mean you know I, it just sounds more fun than heaven I mean, you're right. I don't believe in either. But if one of the two do exist, I'm probably going right there with you. Not looking forward to it. Man, I had a super dark joke, and I'm not going to say it because it's just going to ruin this fucking episode. But I you usually say we're going, people. If we and it turns out that we're a real, you know, it's a real thing. You know where we're going? We're going to Hades. Uh, what yes. a transition. Yes. Uh, wow. so I was actually going to. 
expound upon uh, the fact that I had never played or I haven't played Doom Eternal, but I've played 2016 and it's awesome. But anyway, you should. Why haven't you played Doom Eternal? Uh, Man, I had a segue, motherfuckers. <laughs> God. Well, well, now I'm curious. Why haven't you played Doom Eternal? Uh, because <sighs> Final Fantasy VII, I'm pretty sure, came out the same week, if not the same Wrong. day. Uh, they were both in March. No, uh, Final Fantasy VII was like April 7th, sir. For real? Yeah. Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing came out on the same day. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I ended up getting Animal Crossing instead of Doom Eternal. But either way, I just I haven't had the uh, the money to get it yet. Well, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it, it just came to Game Pass, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yeah. it came to Game Pass on October 1st, and they said it's going to come to Game Pass Ultimate uh, before the end of the year. Okay. Well, so. I will be. I will definitely be checking that out then. Now that I know that it's on Game Pass. Yep. Uh. So with that all said, I need to talk to you guys about a game that has very quickly risen to the top of my game of the year list so far. That's a shitty transition. I had a better one. Uh, well, it wasn't a transition. I was actually just back. It your train. was a transition, <laughs> and I don't like it because I did so good setting it up. <laughs> All right, so Hades is goddamn good. Like, is it? It is so fucking good. You guys have to play this fucking game. So, <clears throat> I know I talked a little bit about it last week, and I I still don't want to get too into the story because, uh, I mean, it really you you need to play it because it's more like it. it it in unfolds really kind of slowly and it's really built around like character relationships and shit like that. But I am loving this fucking game. The combat is so fluid and just fast paced and easy to really kind of like get a grasp on. It's kind of unfucking believable how, how just good it is. But then like there are other things to like, like it's a really deep system, like where you can kind of shape each run the way that you want to with the certain, like uh, what are they called? I I keep wanting to call them enchantments, but that's not correct. Uh, Keepsakes. That's what they're called. So, like, each keysake, you can only equip one keysake, keepsake, to, to my knowledge. You might actually be able to do it later once you've, like, unlocked more of the game, but I haven't. Uh, but basically, you can take the key keepsake and basically shape how you want your run to go. So, like, if you want to go out and just, like, scavenge for, for supplies or whatever, you're going to do stuff that's going to, like up the amount of supplies that you get or something like that. Or if you want to go in with the express like goal of getting as far as humanly possible in the game, like may possibly even beating it sort of thing, you're going to select like a keepsake. That's going to give you a specific like boon from one of the gods. And so you're trying to get that set up with your keepsake. And like, I don't know. I, I really don't know what else to say about it other than it's, it's just, it's a fucking ton of fun to play. I really, 
really like the character writing as well. Like there are, so in a roguelike, most, most roguelikes, they, they don't really have stories. There's just like, you kind of go and you do your thing and then like you die and then you go and do your thing again. <clears throat> and they don't really have like overarching stories or if they do, like the stories don't, I guess, really reckon with how the roguelike is, is done. If that makes sense, like how you, you rinse, die, repeat or die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then this one does though. So like there are characters that you meet along the way and after every death, like when you come back into like the main hall, the characters that you have met will like talk to you about how you've died and they will explain to you like certain little bits of information that go forward to like other characters that you'll meet further along in the game or like the very first boss is, uh, I, th- I think her name is Magria. I th- yeah. I, I don't really know how to say it, but so when you fight her, if you beat her ass, like, or like if you lose to her, like you'll, you'll die. You'll go back to the thing. And then if you reach her again, like she'll talk shit to you because she beat you last time. But if you manage to like beat her, you'll find her in the house, the, the Hades house at the near the quote unquote beginning of the game, the next time you die and you can talk to her and like, she'll like, she has like a relationship that you build up with her. And eventually That's really I cool. to the point where like, I've beaten her so much that now she is in the Hades house all the time. And her sister is the one who I'm fighting now as the first boss in a run. And that's really fucking cool to me. Like the game sort of like tailors its story to how, uh, like how you're, you're having runs, if that makes sense. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm having an absolute fucking blast with it. And have you tried to fuck Meg yet? I don't think you can fuck any of them. Well, you can have relationships with them. I just didn't know if you tried to do that yet. I I didn't know that. Um, I, one of the things that I didn't realize when I first started out playing this is that each of the characters when you like you develop their relationships through giving them the, the gifts of the nectar. And so I have not gone, had not gone out seeking nectar specifically to like garner those relationships further. So that's something that I've picked up on and I'm now doing much more often. Um, if, if I can and, uh, so yeah, now that I know that you can actually develop relationships with those people, that's fucking cool. Yep. Um, and that's the whole nectar thing. So yeah, dude, it's, I, I mean, it's probably my game of the year at this point. If it's not, undoubtedly, if it's not my game of the year, it's ghost of Tsushima, but really, I mean, I can't think of another game that I've played that that's come out this year that has really enraptured me the way that those two have. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin, I'm telling you, I know you don't like roguelites, but this is the roguelite for people that don't like roguelikes. Yeah, yeah, because I don't like them either. Like, I don't like Spelunky. I don't like bi- the Binding of Isaac. Like, those just are not. You didn't like Diablo. I 
I don't really count Diablo as a roguelike though. I, I I kind of count it more as like a like a dungeon crawling RPG. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. So it's okay. <laughs> I mean, unless you're speaking about like Diablo three specifically, which I, I haven't. Okay, I haven't spent almost any time in Diablo three at all. I've it's played great. it for maybe an hour. I have it on every console. Uh, yeah, so I... Uh, Not even because I like it. I've only played it for like an hour. <laughs> I just have it on every console somehow. I don't really know how I acquired them. Uh, so. I just there. But yeah, H- Hades is great, and I highly recommend it. Well, I will definitely uh, pick it up whenever I happen to catch it on sale. Yeah, uh, you'll probably want to play it on the Switch. Austin, because it's on the Switch. I everything on the Switch. Yeah. So, um, but they do have cross uh, cross save functionality between the PC versions and um, and the Switch. So okay, all right. So yeah, why don't you guys tell me about Crown Tundra? Oh my God, I've been waiting for this whole episode. Uh, Dylan, do you do you have something specific about it you want to say? It was good. Uh, no, it's, I will say I don't, we both have the exact same thoughts on it and that it is that the Crown Tundra DLC completely redeemed Sword and Shield. Yeah, I, I will um, thanks, agree. Isle of Armor was a pile of shit that you could literally finish in about an hour. An hour? No, sir. Incorrect. What? The Isle of Armor is a lot longer than an hour. You're talking about, are you kidding me? Because it was so easy to beat, dude. I mean, yeah, it was easy. The whole, it's fucking Pokemon in modern day. All of it's easy. Like it was here, go here, grab Kubfu, take Kubfu to view different sites, level up Kubfu or Kubfu in a tower, beat mustard. That's it. Uh, I I would say total realistic playtime. I the Isle of Armor is about about three and a half four hours. Oh, I'm glad you got that much time out of it because I sure as hell did it. Well, I also do everything that I can before I do any of the story shit. I mean, I get the whole catching the Pokemon thing and everything, but Isle of Armor was the biggest disappointment I've ever had in my entire time of playing Pokemon. I was really? so infuriated with it. it. Was so bad. The only thing that, that they did right disappointment in the whole franchise. Yeah, that's and see, I never had a problem with X and Y in any of those games. Like, I was actually, about to say, I was about to be like, well, I have. Have you played X and Y? Because that, that I know it wasn't great. I really did enjoy the game for what it was, but Isle of Armor was. I feel like it was a waste of an expansion. Truly. Oh. I mean, I was so disappointed with what it did. And then Crown Tundra came out and I was like, this is what the fucking expansion is supposed to be. There's so much to do. Um, and it was just it, like I said, it was really basic. Like I, it, the whole point was to develop a relationship with Cub Fu. And I was like, OK, go back in your box. Like I had no relationship with Cub Fu whatsoever. Oh, I kind of shitty, actually. That's great. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah, it's cute, and it, it's going to stay cute inside of its fucking box. I'll never take it out again. When you put a Pokemon in the PC, is it a Digimon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate that you just said that. 
<laughs> um, wrong? I don't know. I, I, fuck. I don't make me think thoughts. Don't make me think things. But uh, no, I, I I do get what you're saying. Um, I am definitely not as harsh towards the Isle of Armor as you are. Um, but it 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 was it was not what I think a lot of people wanted the first DLC expansion to be like. Hell no! It set me up for failure because I was like, if this is all we're getting out of the expansion pass, I feel like I wasted my money. But then Crown Tundra came out, and I was like, wow so much content and then like the whole dynamax adventure thing is super fucking awesome oh dude yeah when we recorded that video that that is not ever gonna see the light of day (laughs) um when we recorded that video i i don't know about you but i was having a fucking blast i think it was so much fun i think I've, i've been playing the dynamax adventure for like almost the last two and a half hours yeah it was a lot of fun and we it's like you kind of get to talk about what you want to do. It's like Austin and I were going through like our first one and we knew what we were going for because Austin had tried it prior. You can actually like, if you miss out, if you do not choose to catch the legendary at the end of your Dynamax adventure, you can go back through and try it again. You can save up to three. Was it? You can save three. Yeah, you could save up to uh, three. Basically the, the lady that sends you on the adventures, she records their location and you can have up to three of them recorded at a time. So you can just pretty much uh, uh, hunt that same legendary because the Dynamax adventures have a stupidly high uh, uh, shiny ra- shiny possibility ratio is, I guess, the best way to say that. Yeah. Uh, however, you can only catch each legendary in the Dynamax adventure one time. If you right. catch it one time, you can encounter it again, but you cannot catch it. Right. And that's the whole thing. Like if you want to go for the shinies, which we were choosing to do, we just flat out did not ca- uh, catch the legendary at the end. I mean, we caught it, but we didn't keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Austin kind of brought up a good point last night. So the odds, if you have a shiny charm are one of 100 that you will find a shiny. So if you catch every Pokemon on your way up until that legendary, that's four Pokemon. That's a 25 percent chance that you might just find a shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the odds don't theoretically work like that truly because each single one of those Pokemon is one of a hundred, but yeah. you have to understand that your odds go up for finding at least one of the shinies. Um, we didn't find a single one. We had terrible luck, but it's kind of cool because when we were playing it, it was, we were conversing about what we were doing. It's like, okay, we know we have a dragon legendary at the end. So we were like guiding ourselves along. You can choose different routes to go. Like you can choose to go left, right, or sometimes left, middle, or right. And you can choose what Pokemon you'll battle next. You can kind of see their silhouettes and you can kind of gauge what you're going to be going up against. Um, And you can see the typing. So if you know you're going up against a a dragon type at the end and you see an ice type, you could your best course of action would be to like go and battle the ice type, grab it. That way it's going to be so much easier when you get to the legendary because obviously the, this, you know, ice is strong against dragon, but there's a lot of opportunities for communication between everyone. And I I think that's why, well, I'm not going to say very strategic. It's, it's, fucking Pokemon, nothing's very anymore. But you're right. I mean, it's strategic. It was so much yeah. fun. And uh, like the rest of the content in the Crown Tundra too, um, I think the new legendaries are really cool. I don't, I'm not a super huge fan of the Triforce Elk, known as Calyrex. Not right. super stoked on it, but I think the horses, the the new legendary steeds that 
they decided not to reveal and wait until the DLC actually launched and let players see them for the first time on their own. Um, I those are incredible. I, I, especially the ghost one. He's a cute little. I feel, yeah, that's what I caught too. I feel like that was probably the best legendary edition. Um, I like that you said the Triforce thing because I was watching a cutscene with Calyrex in it, and then I saw his little necklace, and I was like, "Is that a fucking Triforce?" Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. It looks like a fucking Triforce. It is a Triforce. The um, the legendary birds were really cool. The way you have to hunt them down, um, you get into like a little cutscene with them. And then they they fight against each other for a minute, and you're kind of standing by. And then they notice you watching, and then they actually split. And they are roaming legendaries again. And you have to actually track and hunt them down. uh, I think, if if I remember correctly, I don't know why I can't remember. It's been 48 fucking hours since I did that, so that's (laughs) kind of alarming. But um, uh, Zapdos runs off. Yeah, honestly. Zapdos runs off to the uh, wild area in the mainland of Galar, and then Moltres flies off to the Isle of Armor, and Articuno is left to roam the Crown Tundra. So it actually forces you to go back through those pa- those previous areas to try to hunt these legendaries down. And oh my god, is Zapdos fucking annoying because he is so quick. He just runs from you. That's it. He doesn't yep. do anything else. He sees it, and he just bolts off. But it's so cool because not only did they add that mechanic in, but then they did bring back the Reggies. Not only did they bring back the Reggies, they added two more. And then when you have all of them in your party, you can go and fight motherfucking Reggie Gigas. So that was super sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this, I ha- you can spoil this for me. Does the tree, the giant fucking beautiful tree come into effect? I've not beaten it yet, but does it come into play in any way, shape or form? Uh, yeah, that's where you have to go to uh, trigger the cutscene with the three birds. That's where they're hanging okay. out. Okay, because I've not yet done that. So that, okay. Also, that makes me feel better. After they run off from the tree, if you shake the tree, you have to do a Dynamax battle with a level 100 Greedent. You're joking. I wish that I was. That is fucking hilarious. Um, and he's really hard, by the way. But just by listening to everything that we've said thus far, there's so much more content in this DLC and it makes the game so much fun because it adds like cooperative play with your friends and gives you a pretty cool story involving Calyrex and his steeds. It gives you the, I've not even done the like all-star tournament yet. I haven't even unlocked it because I haven't beaten the DLC yet, but there's that whole thing that you can go and do. I did it. Just, and it was a lot of fucking fun. I really enjoyed it. See, and that's what I'm saying, man. It's like they added so much to this, and you're right. It brought back Sword and Shield to my top five of all the Pokemon games. It's up there now. Um, still have my complaints and my qualms, but it is a good game now with this DLC added. I feel like my expansion pass was totally worth it, and they did a great job. I'm kind of sad because I feel like the Crown Tundra reinforced the fact that this is, they're not going to do another expansion for the game. I would agree. Because there, you didn't see any credits when you, well, that I, did you, did, did you get a credit scroll? when you? I've not off? gotten a single credit, but I've also not caught the birds or the Reggies in, in Forest yet. Well, in the Isle of Armor, is there one? Because I don't remember. I thought there was, yeah. You know what? There might be. So I'm, that might be a completely wrong statement. We could totally still get a That third. just might mean that you still have something left to do though, right? No, I did everything. The only thing you have I, everything. The only thing I didn't do in the Isle of Armor was battle honey. I didn't battle honey either, but in the Crown Tundra, you did everything. Yeah, 
I swear I got a cut. Or I, I swear I got end credits in uh, Isle of Armor, but maybe that's just like Mandela effect. Maybe that's just me <laughs> imagining. No, you do get a credit scroll um, after the Galerian Store tournament, and you unlock a really cool fucking sport uniform that looks really good. Oh, sick. Okay, well, at least that's the thing. So, if that's the case, no, I don't think there's going to be another expansion pass. I don't see anything else coming from them. I expect that we'll get an announcement for, of the like whatever game's coming next. Not anytime soon, but I think that's the next thing coming. I think it'll be soon. Really? Yeah, I think we'll get it in like February. February. Okay, like if it's like February, March, I would understand. I would say between February and May, we'll get an announcement. Oh my. Uh, Josh, I'm sorry that we just kind of put you on the back burner. Oh no, no. I'm glad that you guys enjoy Pokemon. (laughs) I'm glad that I do too. I would live a miserable life as it wasn't for them. I would honestly say whenever the pass goes on sale, I don't know that it will because I don't know that any Nintendo first party DLC ever does. I've never seen it. But if the pass does ever go on sale, I if I, I would recommend that you pick it up and at least try it. At it least not worth it. it. Yeah, yes. I'll, I'll give it a shot. All right. Cool. Well, uh, Austin wrote down one piece of Nintendo news for us. Uh, We'll run through that before we get to our picks of the week. Uh, So it says Nintendo announces another limited release with Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Sword of Light. It was released in 1990 originally, and this is the first time the game has ever been released outside of Japan. It's going to retail for six bucks or five ninety nine, whatever. Launches December fourth, and it's only available for a limited time. The anniversary edition has sold out everywhere in under an hour. And I got one. Yeah, you told me you sent us the text. I think I'm super. I'm super excited that I got one. Um, I actually talked to the manager from that GameStop, and he said that. He said that it's sold out online, but some stores still have pre-orders open. So I he might go to another GameStop and try to get a second one. Mm, okay. Just so I can open one and keep one sealed. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited uh, because, <laughs> excuse me, I really like the Fire Emblem series. And uh, I have actually never played any of the <clears throat> old ones. I, I started with, uh, what was the, the fucking... Wii one. It doesn't matter. Anyway. My, my first Wii one. Three houses. Was the was the what? Three houses. That was my oh, first. Really? Okay. And I, I, I three houses is, is a phenomenal fucking game. Yes, I agree. Yet. I agree. So, Good stuff. That's it. Quick little news. That's it. Yep. That's Go it. Go buy it because it's not gonna be there for very fucking long. What 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 I'm curious about, so even with the anniversary, uh, with the anniversary edition, it still is just a download code. There's no physical cartridge. So what I'm curious about for sealed collectors, after that release window where they take it off of the eShop, will you still be able to redeem the download code? Uh, because if not, that's going to really hurt the 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 sealed value of that of that bundle. Yeah, I I genuinely have no idea. I'm curious. I might have to look into that. Well, even then, I, I don't think anybody will really know until it happens and somebody tries it. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll just have to see. Uh, all right, let's get to our big picks of the week. 
Um, I'll go ahead and lead us off. Uh, I want to submit to everyone out there a little movie called Trick or Treat. Now, uh, this is the one that came out in like 2006 or 2007. Uh, there's another one from the 80s, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was technically released 2009. Damn. I think it was... Sh- yeah, it was originally shot and shown in 2007, but it didn't actually get a wide release until 2009 for whatever reason. Anyway... So make sure you go and find the 2007 slash nine version, not the 1986 version. Basically it's a, uh, anthology horror movie that has like a really cool wraparound story. And it, it just feels like Halloween. I, I don't really know any other way to describe it. If I'm being honest, like it just feels like, fucking Halloween like not not the movie the holiday uh it's got three or four I don't remember the exact number but it's got uh three or four individual stories and they all are like horror themed or whatever but then they have this really cool wraparound story with um Sam who is like basically the embodiment of Halloween and um, yeah, I don't want to give away too much. You really should just watch it. It's fucking excellent. Uh, I think it is the Halloween movie. Like if you're going to watch one movie on Halloween, this should be the one that you watch. It's fucking great. I love it. Tight. Even more so than Halloween. Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Like okay. if, if you've never seen this movie, you have got to fucking see it. It is so, so good. What did you say it was on? Uh, I'm not sure if it's on anything. I had the Blu-ray. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, I'll um I, in the document. I'll, I'll send you guys the the trailer. Yeah, um, I'll put a link. I always see the box art. Like I even by memory, I just know what the box art looks like. I've just never seen it. Mm, you really should, man. You're doing yourself a disservice by not watching it. It's the one with like, it's like all orangish red and there's like a pumpkin. A little like freaking guy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Nice. Okay. I'll check it out for sure. All right. Uh, well, with that said, who wants to go next? Austin. Tell me about Ghost in the Shell Arise. Why so, even offer? Um, Ghost in the Shell Arise is the is what I was talking about earlier. It's the three part um, OVA series that's on Netflix, and it is a pretty much a soft reboot of Ghost in the Shell. Um, like I said, I watched the first part of it, and honestly, it's fucking fantastic. And if you're a fan of if you're a fan of animes like Cowboy Bebop, you should give it a shot because I I, I think you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> Josh, I'll give it a shot. Uh, uh, each episode, I think the first one's like an hour long and then the other two might be just a tiny bit longer than an hour, but not much. So, mm, so okay. I'm, I'm probably, when we get done with this, I'm probably going to take my medicine and probably watch the other two. <laughs> cool. I'm going to medicate myself first. Mm, oh my. Oh my. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So I'll kill myself later. Well, don't do that because Dylan has to tell us about <laughs> Dinosyndigil. Oh, and with a name like that, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> All right. What is what is this, uh, Dylan? That's good. You should check it out. Oh, okay. Good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay, cool. okay. Well, that's been it for us. That's our show. Uh, yeah. It's a... Uh... So he is a Twitch streamer. And when I was talking about Dark Souls 3 earlier, uh, so first off, let me spell the name. It is Dino Sindigil. Josh was semi-right. It's D-I-N-O-S-I-N-D-G-E-I-L. So he does some crazy shit. Um, if you've ever played Dark Souls, you know just how r- just grueling and rigorous it is. It's a hard game. He does it on Soul Level 1 with like basic ass shit. And he does it by not getting hit at all from first boss to the very last boss of the DLC. Does not take one single hit. That's the most recent run he's done. Yes, he has done what's called the God run. You can check that out on, I think he probably has it up on YouTube. He does fucking Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Bloodborne without taking any fucking hits at all. That's insane. I, I've it seen a lot of Pokemon ones like that, and that's fucking crazy to me. And yeah, and like I can understand that more, but like this is one of the hardest game franchises I feel like you could play, especially in that regard. Oh, so absolutely. he does it, he makes it look fucking easy, and he's such a like a funny, charismatic streamer. I think he's from Germany. Uh, he speaks totally in English, though. Every stream he does is all in English. Um, he is so much fun to watch and he interacts with his stream all the time. He is the, whenever I see him on, like I will spend, I don't care if it's a day off and I had plans like later in the day, I will not leave this chair until I finish his stream. Uh, he starts at like 8 a.m. Eastern time and he goes for six, seven hours. And now what he's been working on is doing Hollow Knight. And if you guys have ever played Hollow Knight, like it's another, yeah, it's cool. And, he is learning this game so he can do a hitless run on that as well. And it's a lot of fun. He is taking hits on Hollow Knight, but he's still learning it. But already he knows this game like the back of his hand. He's such a fun streamer to watch. So check out Dinosaur Gale on Twitch and YouTube, and you will not be disappointed. Awesome. 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 Well, that's it for us, guys. That was our Spooky Tober uh, Halloween show for you. Um, as always, you can find us on all major podcast, uh, networks. So go to whichever one you listen to. And, uh, you know, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, but also leave us a rating and a review on any of them and let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. So we can make the show better and have it appeal to everyone. Um, also, we, uh, all of the Culture Bop family of content, including Hunting Pixels, is available on all social medias. You can find Hunting Pixels on Twitter at Pixels Hunting, on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CP. I am on Twitter at the Bebopman 182 and on Instagram at Bebopman 182. Dylan, you can find on Twitter at OMDizzy and on Instagram at OMDizzy. I fucking dread this every single goddamn time. 
Austin has the atrocious Twitter handle of at Kakashi six nine zero, spelled just like the rapper. So with a zero at the end. Funny thing about that, I actually changed it, and I just didn't want to tell you until you said it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just big Papa plays now. Oh well, I'll need to change that. Yeah, for making me do more. Also, son of a. If if we're just doing more work. Uh, my my Instagram handle is OMDizzyTV. Wait, it is OMDizzy too, but that's just yeah, like my uh, that's my puppy pictures. Uh, you bastard! Uh, <laughs> all right, well, Austin is also on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore. Um, the Instagram and Twitter for the podcast have been kind of quiet, and that's just because things have been really busy for me personally. And the rest of the guys uh, have have also had other things going on. So um, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get back to it, posting more regularly very soon. I promise. Um, so with that all said, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to end this one because I don't want it to end because it's Halloween. Oh, 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 I was gonna like offer to end it for you, but if you want it spooky, <laughs> then never mind. Well, uh, I think the best way to end it would be just to say that whoever listens to this, we hope you have a happy and safe Halloween. Yes, yes. Have a happy and safe Halloween, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>